0: There's something about being confined to the framework of how the podcast's been going on lately that's eating away at me. There's a lot that's eating away at me and I I need to let it all out. (laughs) I don't know where to start taking a walk right now. It's calm and it's nice, the weather's pretty, it's pretty calm, the weather's pretty nice. <laughs> Those are all the adjectives I can use right now. It smells like dog shit. There's a lot of dogs in this park. Not now, but there's usually a lot of dogs here. So there's... This tree in front of me right now, spring is starting. It's the 21st of March and I just stared at this tree for a good 15 minutes today. Maybe five minutes, maybe 15 minutes is too much. (laughs) And it's just lovely. It's beginning to blossom. This connection between the tree and the flowers that grow on the tree, the roots, this exchange of energy from what's outside and what's within that's not what this episode is about. I've been thinking a lot lately and i I think that I want to I want to release an episode at least once a month called Midnight Reflections, and it is exactly that, I, I need to reflect. A lot of the times when I, was, when I was thinking about making this podcast, all I was doing was reflecting something that happened to me, an experience, and i talk about it and i say what I think about it and and usually it's not just, you know, the podcast so far, it's been a lot of philosophy that doesn't I don't know what type of value it's giving people. I'm not getting a lot of feedback. I think a lot of, a lot of times when I hear people tell me feedback I feel like they're scared of hurting my feelings or They're unsure of how to phrase what they want to say. They don't want to say that, you know, this isn't for me. I had a friend of mine who listened to the first two episodes and and he started talking to me and he spent like 20 minutes just to explain that this this just isn't for him, you know. And from the beginning, I just looked at him with understanding eyes and it didn't affect me at all. I just loved to see his perspective. He's about three years older than I am and Listening to a guy talk about life isn't going to do do him any good, or give him any value to his life. At least that's how he sees it, and I can understand that. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But if it is, and you want to join this movement, then you're more than welcome. This journey, you know, it's not, it's not close to being over, it's, it's just beginning. <laughs> this is just beginning, really. And you're seeing it happen, you know, you're seeing this, this thing happen. Whether it's it's the podcast or me as a person grow. You're you're watching that and observing. And it's nice. I, I, I like to to keep this keep at least my perspective into myself open, you know. Beyond the fact that I there's not many people listening right now. It doesn't really matter to me too much. The, benefits of this podcast have been too clear for me. I've been seeing this change in myself that I just can't really cope with or understand too well because it's intense. It's real. Imagine talking for an hour, trying to talk knowing that you, everything that you say is being observed and would be would be observed for the foreseeable future you know i was thinking like i did a podcast with my finnish friend i didn't upload it yet uh i want to call it Finnish finish meat <laughs> and i was talking with him and i was like man imagine my grandchildren listening to to this podcast at some point it's there and it's out there and it's not gonna go anywhere for a long time so imagine you know my grandkid sitting right now, listening to what his grandfather used to think when he was twenty-two, still living in Germany and trying to carve his way through life. I think that's that puts things into perspe- puts things into perspective really. Anything that's observed has the that that need to grow, let's say. I think observation leads to change somehow. (laughs) Just like, you know, with my analogies lately into football. And I'm not that much of a football fan, you know, I never watched football as a kid. And I played a little bit, but I stopped. And I just (laughs) I just see it so well, like the system like structure within football that interests me. And how because it's observed so much from so many different angles, it it creates this need for it to keep growing. But if it wasn't observed like that, it wouldn't grow the same way. Spectators all over the world. You know, almost everyone watches the World Cup, you know, and, and why? <laughs> but that's not that's not the point. Imagine talking for an hour and then listening you're listening to yourself for an hour and then trying to think about what you want to say and not something that's pissing me off a lot about the episodes I'm making like the past few, like the past episodes specifically um... I might edit it or change it, I'm not, entire, I'm not entirely sure but I hated the fact that I, I thought too much about what I wanted to say for a long time and Uh, It just takes away from actually being there and talking about what you need to talk about. I really don't like that. When the observer is there, (laughs) looking at what you have to do, it's like a kid dancing, right? Like a four-year-old kid dancing, you know, just doesn't give a shit about how he's dancing, but he's just moving his body to the energies around him, to the music engulfing him. There's such a beautiful river here, just so you know. And he dances and he dances, and there's not a care in the world. And he dances so beautifully because he doesn't care, right? And then all the adults look at him and they start clapping and congratulating him and encouraging him to dance some more. And then he realizes, you know, shit, I'm observed. And then he realizes that shit i can observe that i'm dancing too you know then he stops dancing as well and then the adults aren't as happy and they look at this kid and he's not dancing the way they want him to and they're not as happy and he can sense that too and he's not happy about it either and then instead of just enjoying the music and moving your body the way you need to and just being there and dancing the dance of life you stop and i i i had that a little bit the past while and I I really don't like it, you know, it has to be real, it has to be as real as it can be. I don't want to talk about things because of the expectations I gave to people, you know, specifically I promised a friend that I'd be releasing Theories of Existence too this week and that's what I did, you know, and because I wanted to keep that promise, I. I felt it, you know, right before recording. I felt like I don't want this to be about theories of existence. I just want this to be me. <laughs> and that's what I that's what I ended up doing. That's what I didn't like doing, you know. That's We have to be aware of these things. We have to reflect on the experiences we have, and that's where the real learning happens. You can experience something, and you can get a little bit out of it for sure, but it's really reflecting on it that, that gives you something. You look at what happened and you look back and think, what, what could I have I have I done better? Or how did I actually feel about this? And you listen. But it's sometimes not easy if everything's moving around too much. You might not have the time to reflect. And that's happening lately too. I'm trying to be more productive and trying to do more things. You know, definitely like with the book, just writing a book is such a fucked up process. I didn't think it was this complicated before. <laughs> you know i i have such a such a profound respect for writers now like i've always wanted to be a writer ever since i can remember you know and now that i feel like i'm getting somewhere with my book i also feel like this is where I f- i'm i'm scared the most right because i've been planning this book since like september maybe a bit earlier and and i started writing properly in october and i was writing A bit more than 3,000 words a week. A 100-page book is about 40,000 words, so theoretically in 10 weeks, I would have had 30,000 pages. And that should have been, sorry, 30,000 words. So in 12 weeks, I would have had almost 40,000 words, and that would have been 100 pages. And that would be sort of enough for a book. I would have liked to go for 250, but we'll see how it turns out. And I was writing and writing and writing, and I'd sit down I, I used an application called the Most Dangerous Writing App. I, like, I definitely recommend anyone to check this out. This website out, just the mostdangerouswritingapp.com. And what it does is that it puts a timer for you to write. It doesn't show you if you've done any mistakes, uh, any spelling mistakes, any grammar mistakes. There's no red lines, so your inner critic shuts the fuck up. And you just write, and it puts a timer for, you can put it for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20, 30, an hour. And if you stop writing for 5 seconds, it deletes everything that you've written up to that point. Right? And who wants that? So you sit there, I put the timer for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and I sit there and I find myself frantically writing just all of this, getting out of my system and it's so weird you know it feels like this it's going out of me through my fingers and onto this page and it gets out and you feel like a certain emptiness inside of you afterwards it feels nice because I don't feel like that time passes at all and that's like when you're in flow and it keeps me focused for those 20 minutes if I choose 20 minutes sometimes I chose an hour and I find myself you know 30 minutes in saying like fuck (laughs) <laughs> I have to keep writing and I, I do it and, and like I, I write about, let's say, a thousand words every 20 minutes. So if I put the timer for 20 minutes, I, can, I know I, I'm going to get a thousand words out. I know that for a fact. So an hour would get me three thousand words and that's, that's a good amount, you know. So I've I I wrote quite a lot and like getting it out of my system. It it feels weird. You're putting your thoughts into into a different type of structure, and I realized how shattered and scattered my thoughts are, because I'd be trying to explain something, and I'd find that yo I'm I'm jumping from this thing to this thing suddenly, and now I'm talking about this. Sure, they're linked. But I didn't explain the first thing well enough to be going into this thing. But maybe through the linkage they actually make sense a bit more now that they're both here. We have something to relate these two, sure, different pieces of information together. But, you know, I I just started seeing how my brain thought a lot more. And and that also fucks you up, you know. There was the podcast screwing with how I thought I thought. And there was the book screwing with how I thought I thought. Really, man, it's just so weird, you know. And and now, what I was doing a lot of the time is that I I'd feel like writing about this one thing, and I'd start writing about it, and I'd write like three thousand words about it, and then find like another day I feel like writing about something else, and I start writing about that, without ever truly finishing like one thought properly. And I realized how. <laughs> How, I wouldn't say inefficient that is, it is pretty in- inefficient, it's efficient to get words out of you for sure but it wasn't effective because I'm sitting now and I, I'm looking at about You know 50,000 words that I already wrote and they're so disorganized, you know, there's so much there. That's about 150 pages that I have And I don't know, I don't know where to start organizing these thoughts and I, I created the structure and I wanted to fill these things in the structure and and, you know, you put one thing here and you realize yeah, I want to explain it here, but it's also relevant here and here but those are two opposite ends of the book doesn't flow right, it wouldn't give the reader the proper experience, right? and you try to bring that thing here and then you realize you have to edit that oh, you didn't finish that thought oh, here's you just mumbling for no reason oh, here's you being condescending oh, here's you being an asshole oh no, this is actually pretty nice So you see like maybe 15% of what you write is actually like, oh, fuck, this is nice. And the rest of it is pretty shit. But that's a part of the process, you know, and you realize that writing in itself is such a process you have to go through as a human being, you know. You're putting your being out on a piece of paper to stay on that piece of paper forever. And you have to take your thoughts and you have to attack them and reorganize everything and edit and rephrase and... Uh, see that like okay, my argument for this is weak, my argument for this is actually actually good. Okay, what if someone read this? Would they actually benefit something from it? Why is this even here? What the fuck am I talking about? How did I get to this from this? And and you have all of this chaos you know out out of you. and now now I have to actually sit down and sift through all of that and put order. <laughs> to my own chaos. And a lot of the book is, is a lot about that, you know. It's understanding intelligence. Yeah, I'm trying to to get to the bottom of that, you know. I'm trying to really make sense of that for me and create a structure, at least for me, for my past, my entire life so far, of how I generally view things through this perspective, through this structure that I'm trying to have my readers go through through this frame and that's what uh, that's what a lot of the book is about you know we're all beings of intelligence and we're all trying to understand ourselves and understand what's around us understand everything and it's not just me it's it's you and everyone in this world ever since like we're born into this world we don't know anything and all we're doing is constantly interacting with the things that we don't know and that continues to evolve and slowly and slowly we get more and more control. And how that's all, thats that c- control, that intelligence, that consciousness, all of it emerged as a consequence of the universe just going about its business. And now, because we're here, how relevant, how relevant of a fact is it that we're here? You know, this is, it's a big deal. <laughs> Anything within the universe is, is a quality inherent to the universe, and if the universe is infinite and it just it's confusing where my brain is at right now you know i'm i'm when i'm i'm writing something and then i i some other thought comes in and then it connects with something else and i'm like fuck i i didn't i didn't see it that way before and you know it makes so much more sense now you know sure a lot of religions say that we're born that god made us in his image for example and i was thinking about that i think today and I thought to myself, wait, we, we're we a reflection of the qualities of the universe. And through the happenstance of the universe going about its business, we were born. And we're born through the rules that this universe, the, the rules that exists, exist within the universe to begin with. So we're beings of balance, we're beings of randomness, we're beings of... We exist through time, we're beings that have good and hate. Just like nature has storms and and fires and volcanoes erupting, it also has beauty in it. And we're a reflection of all of that. And Just like these religions say that God made us in his image, we're also made in the image of, of the universe in a sense, so I like these things are very related and religion is always trying to tell us a lot of these stories of how, how we are and how we should go about our lives and, and if you look at them deeply you'll start seeing a bit of sense uh, and aside from that I'm trying to sacrifice everything else that's, uh, that seems fun you know like a friend of mine invited me to go out today to, to trampolines jump house go jumping and, and meet people and have fun in general. And I thought, whoa, that would be cool. But no, like I have to I have to do stuff. you know I have to I, ha- <laughs> I have like my my future ahead of me. And I think this is such a critical time for me, you know this is where I need to bring all of these things together. And I don't think I don't think anyone's really going to, like when I'm writing this book and I'm trying to design the cover, and I'm trying to create an online course and I'm trying to... I'm going to start filming the online course tomorrow morning, actually. And I'm trying to read, to stay informed, and I'm trying to do all of these things. I know that no one's going to watch the first course I make. No one's going to read the first book I write. I'd be very lucky if they do and it would be cool and I need to write the best book that I think I can write right now and it might suck it might all be incorrect but i'm still learning a lot just by going through this process about myself and about (laughs) how to write a down book you know the next time i want to write a book i'm gonna know like whoa like this is how i need to begin structuring it and putting my thoughts down and making my schedule and with writing it's so weird because you have to commit to writing and you'll always somehow want to avoid that but at the same time you'll realize that. Sometimes it's not right to write and sometimes you feel it and like you you're like I have to get this all out of my system and you do And that's that's really nice <laughs> Another thing that really bothers me is how so far the podcast focused a lot about philosophy and and for me Sure, I'm I'm trying to connect all of these things together and blah 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 but I I have this analytical nature towards people too that I don't feel like I managed to show On the podcast so far and it's like been 25 episodes in or 24 and and how the fuck didn't I show this quality to you guys yet because it's such a inherent quality to me that I that I differentiate myself by this thing of of looking at a person seeing their actions seeing how they acted in the circumstances they were in and going around through all of that to get to what I think this person is about you know trying to understand them fully you know and I do that on a good day, you know, when I'm out socializing and, and we're having fun, I find myself jumping from person to person and really like digging, digging into each one and, and understanding them. And I, I, I love that. And it's something that feeds something into me when I, when I analyze someone and I understand them and through that allow myself to be vulnerable too. If I see that the need arises or if this person is, is somewhat worthy of connecting with. And then when that connection is established, I just feel a lot more like me. I feel a lot more human, I feel a lot realer. It's something I crave. You know I remember in, in the past, I wasn't that good at socializing. In the past I, was, uh, I wasn't too aware of social dynamics or rules, like what, what people expect. You know, I, I read a book about four years ago now. Uh, called the 48 Laws of Power. A lot of people like when they that's another thing. I, I never talked about the books I read on the podcast. <laughs> but I'll start changing that or movies that I and what I think about movies. I think I really want to crit- criticize movies too. Um, <coughs> yeah, <laughs> I really needed to like get a lot off my chest. So with the 48 Laws of Power, before I go into the forty-eight laws of power, when I did my midnight talk with Ahmed Qadim, and he he did he made me a new logo. Thanks, Ahmed, um, that I'm using. I struggled with that decision a lot too, to change my brand image, for example. And who knows who knows what the brand image, like I think it's gonna continually be changing. But I really like the moon and the pulse in the in the podcast because it says what I wanted to say. I don't think this new logo says exactly what I wanted to say. It just looks more professional. It just looks more more elegant, I'd say. Doesn't look cheap. I feel like even though I like the 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 one I made at the beginning, it it had a cheap feel to it. Uh, and someday I'll probably find a good balance between both, but for now this is the image I'm going to stick with because to in some degree i want people to to see this as high quality i guess but some something that really pissed me off in ahmed's episode for example and something that bothered me was that he he studied he mentioned in the episode that he studied about two two years and uh, he studied biopsychology for two years and when I'm talking to people that are older than me and basically know more than me, I go into a humbler state, like where where I'm saying things like, and I said this sentence on the episode episode, and that really pissed me off when I said it. And I, I mentioned how I didn't feel like I I had the psychological background that he had and that I need to brush up on my psychology, which is true. But I... <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's just mis- misleading because, for me, I, I feel like psychology is such an inherent part to my entire being. It's not even funny, you know. I might pick up a psychology degree at some point in the future. I don't really believe in degrees, but what I did instead was I went ahead and found this book to read called the, the history and origin, the origins and history of consciousness by Eric Neumann, a German philosopher, German philosopher slash Psychologist who was a student of Carl Jung, and he's a depth. He's a sorry depth psychologist. So there's uh, psychoanalysis and there's depth psychoanalysis. No, there's depth psychology. So what they do is that they look at the patterns that humanity has taken, has has been through, as consciousness as a collective thing evolved. Right, So they look at the transpersonal, so what's happening outside of each individual subjective reality So society, how society is interacting with each other and the stories that they have between them and then they look at the interpersonal or intrapersonal and what's going on within a person's own psyche as, as they're born and they're around their mother and then they get away from that a little bit and. Establish their individuality fight against the dragon (laughs) Succeed and then come back. So a lot of what this book is going on about is how mythology, our, our mythological ideas evolved with us as our collective consciousness evolved. So at the beginning when we didn't have that much of a personality, our gods were they had a different story. There was the great mother who had the beautiful nature to her but also the very destructive nature. And I don't want to go into too much details about the I don't want to go into too many details about the stories themselves right now. It's it's not that that relevant but it's nice to see how he he, he taken these examples. I think personally in the book he he explained the examples too much. And I was just like, okay, man, move on with your idea, you know, just tell me what what the fuck is going on and why you think it's the way you think it is. But then all he's talking about is the phallic nature of a certain mythological idea, phallic meaning penis-like. And he continues on that path for like 20 pages. And I'm like, dude, just fucking like give me what I need to know and let me me continue with my life. (laughs) And that's something that pissed me off about the book, and I haven't finished it yet. I'm almost done, but I I just didn't have the heart to continue because he just wasted too much time with these stories. But it's a really good book, you know, It, it shows you a lot about these ideas and how they've evolved. And once I'm done with the book, I'll do a proper episode on it. And then there was, I'll get back to 48 Laws of Power later, and then there was, at the same time I was reading this book, I was reading Thinking in Systems and Thinking in Systems was, it's a short book, 250 pages and I think everyone should read it, you know, it's it just gives you such a good idea of how systems work and if you look at everything, almost everything is a system, right? And that's where those last two episodes came from. That was my brain trying to go around this process, (laughs) this idea of systems and how everything is a system and then I realized, oh shit, if every single part of a system is also basically almost always a system unless it's just a single element and each one of these systems within a system is making its own decision and how those collective decisions decide where the entire system goes but that entire system has to also have the awareness to keep an eye on all of those subsystems in it so it makes sure everything is functioning the the right way and know when to interact and when not to interact with that system and how each system has its inputs and outputs, and within within those you have basically resources, let's say, that increase and decrease, and then you have a stock that increases or decreases, just like water in a lake, and there's a river that goes in and goes out, so you're losing water, but also gaining water at the same pace, so the water stays at the same stock level, which is the amount of the resource that's there. But If output increases, so more water is getting out or input increases, more water is is getting in, you have a certain buffer level, which is, uh, maybe it's better to explain it through a bathtub analogy. So there is still a bit of water left before all the water disappears. So you still have like, let's say, if, if you have a certain amount of water coming in, but a bit more water going out, eventually the water will be empty right it, 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 like it just won't <laughs> it won't continue it's such a simple thought how did I get stuck here <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it just goes to show like we have you have a certain amount of uh, you have a certain amount that you can play around with with at the rates before anything drastic happens before the bathtub completely empties out, or overflows, you still have a bit of leeway. And there's th- things and systems that keep things buffered. Uh, and They might not be too obvious sometimes, sometimes they are, sometimes we don't think they're useful, and we remove them, and then we realize, oh shit, they're actually pretty useful, and we just destroyed ourselves for no reason. Um. <laughs> Throughout reading this book, I, I kept on noticing things about You know, the writer, I think she she died uh, a while back, sadly I don't remember her name, and she really put a lot of wisdom in there, you know, because she explained, sure, about positive feedback loops, and feedback loops in general, and how sometimes when you're fighting within a system, you're stuck within its rules, so if you want to really change the political system, and you join the political system to change it from within but no, you're actually playing its game so you're playing within these rules and when you're stuck in that game you're just trying to maintain yourself within it so it's really hard to change anything. Uh, and th- then like she also talked about how awareness at the top of a hierarchy serving from top to bottom is is the way to go and how you always need to pay attention and focus on the things you otherwise don't willingly want to pay attention to. Those are things I think are very crucial to living a good and sustainable life. She talks about sustainability a lot. So I'll give I'll skim the book again, see see the main points that I liked and, and talk about that properly later. But it's just that, you know, for, for me, I've I've been stuck in this philosophical cycle for the past 24 episodes, and that's going to change. I really love analyzing people, you know, and and I I talked about the Forty Eight Laws of Power. It's a book about it's one of my favorite books so far because it really gave me that shift in perspective about what people are capable to do <laughs> capable of doing. I was I was very naive to these things for a very long time. I was very naive to to what people wanted and how they went about their way to get get what they wanted, right? And they can be insidious or they can be manipulative, they could be kind but in a but with evil intentions or they might not even have the intention of, of trying to get power but the way they act uh, somehow they do I'll skim through the book again and do an episode about it too because it's such a smart book It's it takes stories from from historical figures like Julius Caesar or Uh, Bismarck, the German who united Germany and made it Germany from Prussia. And and, like he talks about Cleopatra, he talks about Napoleon and his prime minister, Talleyrand. And it's just so brilliant how these stories come into play, like how certain situations happen and how these historical figures deal with them. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's, there's that... Using time as, as a factor or keeping information to yourself and not just giving it to everyone willingly Sometimes you need to withhold information about yourself uh, He explains how sometimes there like every person has their thumbscrew Every person has like one thing about them that if you find You can really understand how they work and you can have a better hand in manipulating them afterwards I'm not a big fan on manipulating people, but it's good to understand how people are trying to manipulate you and everyone has has a weakness as much as they have a strength there was a lot more in the book and i'll i'll do a proper episode about that too uh like do an episode series called midnight critic or something where i talk about books and movies <laughs> i'm not sure but i'll i'll think about how i'll do that i know i know reflections is going to happen once a month at least outside of the normal episodes um Yeah, because it's so important, you know, and I don't want it to affect the quality of of other episodes Where I want to talk about something specific But something specific I want to talk about in this episode Sure, besides the fact that I think, uh, listening to a lot of my episodes I realized, like, I I lose myself after I talk after about the 30-minute mark Who am I kidding? I lose myself at the 20-minute mark and I find it's hard to continue focusing after that, even though, like, I think, like, it's, it's pretty interesting up until the 20 minute mark. And then I'm like, I can't take much more than, <laughs> than this. I have to be honest with myself, and you guys have to be honest with me too. Like, please give me feedback. I'd love to hear any perspective on, on what's going on here. Uh, just write me on the Facebook page, please. Midnight Wisdom. So. I realize, like, if I'm gonna do long episodes, people might not, might not listen, obviously, you know, but then again, I also want to talk a lot. And that's what this, this thing is for me, a medium for me to really express myself. And um, this is the medium I choose. So my suggestion is I'll, I'll try to keep them below an hour, but just pause them and listen another day and continue. But like, when you pause, recalling, we have different types of memory. We have recognition where you when you see a friend of yours, you look at him and you're like, oh, shit, that's you. <laughs> but then there's recall memory, where if you sat down and you try to think of how your friend looked like, you might think it's a bit harder. And when you're doing a test, you're usually using recall memory. But the th- nice thing about recall memory is that you, when you use it, you reinforce the patterns in your head that, re- that have that memory in them. A lot more. So just recalling, like if you pause something and you try to for 10 seconds recall what, what you just listened to was about, you'll get a lot more out of it. It's a certain, it's a type of reflection too. You're reflecting back on what you heard. But then because you went back to it, you strengthen the, the, the network in your head that, that has that information in it. So just pause, think about what you heard for 10 seconds, and the more you do this, the more of a habit it becomes. I use this with audiobooks, it really helps. I don't use it as often as I like, but I, I need to start doing it more. But then just pause and continue later. I'll talk about this and I'll, I'll end this. After, after reading The 48 Laws of Power, I, I realized a lot of things that uh, this one girl I liked back in Jordan a long time ago. I, I realized that she was really manipulating me a lot. and I think a lot of people have had that experience one way or another, you know, with someone trying to... to I don't think her intention was actually bad, you know, trying to manipulate me into liking her. I think that she's just... Uh, she's just, as a person, knowing her story, I'm not going to share her story. I think she's just been through a lot. And one of the ways that she could cope with being going through that much was by getting the attention and attention basically from other people and the way she acted was so perfect to, to get that attention right she she would ignore at just the right amount of times she would give attention at the right amount of times affection at the right amount right right times and the right amount and jealousy here and there by talking to other guys in front of you or going out and disappearing for an hour and a half to... I don't know. She, she just really confused me because she always kept me around her. I thought, I thought that she liked me and she told me that she did. But what's really funny is that I really, I really didn't... I don't think I ever told her this and I think I should have. And I was young and stupid, you know. But I never really liked the girl until I saw her one night she tried to, she created an opportunity let's say, she created a moment where it would have been perfect for us to kiss but I wasn't that confident of myself back then with making a move so I didn't and I didn't like her that much so I also didn't have that motivation to and then five minutes later I look at her and I see her making out with another girl And I look, I looked at that, and I didn't know how to feel at the beginning. And then I had an, an, a friend of mine, one of my closest friends. His name is Charlie, and he taps me on my shoulder, and he's like, "Dude, oh shit, dude." He's from Chicago, so he's like, "Oh fuck, dude, oh shit, man. I'm so sorry, bro. I must feel horrible, man." Just like, and like his his reaction affected me too. But like, I only really liked her when I saw her kissing another girl. Honest to God. <laughs> and it's funny because like two years three years later this girl that she kissed also tried to get with me but i really didn't you know i I just didn't like her and yeah that's that's when i really liked her like when i saw her kiss this other girl and then like i was stupid enough like i was 17 or 18 i was 18 like she was 20 she was two years older than me and she was like the arabic marilyn monroe i'm not even kidding you know she (laughs) <laughs> Such a seductress this girl So then she sat down next to me you know, And I'm still like shocked of Because of what I saw And uh, she comes and tells me Khalid, Like she's really drunk by the way Another reason why I didn't kiss her uh, Or maybe that's what I told myself To feel better about myself I really don't know And Yeah she sat down next to me And she's like um I have to tell you that I, I really, really like you. And I look at her and I'm just like, yo, but you just kissed another girl, like, right <laughs> right now. And she's like, yeah, but it's you who I like. I'm, I'm just drunk and it happened. And then, like, I was stupid enough to try and kiss her then so I can feel better about myself. And that's, like, when she pulled away and she's like, no, I want it to be a special moment when we kiss or something like that. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, for the next, you know, six months, I was, I was in her web because we were texting a lot and then, like, she'd ignore at the right times and she'd call me being really emotional at other times. And then at some point, she, she's Christian, by the way, and uh, I, I would technically be Muslim. And she's like, yeah, I can't, uh, she was 20 at the time. And she's like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm 20 and I have to think about my future. And and like I like you, I really do, but I can't let myself suffer like this. And I know like because you're a Muslim and I'm Christian, we're never going to get married or anything, so I have to think about how this is going to break our hearts someday and I'd rather we do it now, and blah blah blah. And this came like from from nowhere and and from my eyes. And I I I was really like, What what the fuck? you know, like uh now now I liked her even more that she did that. But anyways, afterwards I I think that's when I went to Germany, or like a bit before that, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna cut off this relationship and I, I sort of didn't talk to her for a year and a half. And then two years later, um two years later I my cousin visits me in Jordan in Amman and we I take him to this cafe that I really liked. And we sit down and, oh shit, suddenly she's she's there out of nowhere. I didn't even know that she was in the fucking country. And then we sit down next to each other. And she joins us and we talk for about uh, an hour or so. And then she leaves and then she says bye to my cousin. And my cousin lives in the UK. And she studies law in the UK. And... <laughs> what... What happened like then was was funny to me at least and it opened my eyes to a lot of things was like I, I really didn't want anything to do with her, you know, like she hurt me enough and all I all I knew was that, you know, if I get involved again I'm just gonna be it's just gonna be a pain. So my cousin was like he was sitting next to her the entire time at the cafe, so he didn't really get a good look at her. And then she when she stood up and said bye, he was like shocked. And when she left and we went home, he's like, dude, She's actually pretty gorgeous, you know, if she's in the UK, why don't you give me her number, you know, I'll see, like, if, uh, if I, if, like, something can happen, I don't know. And I'm like, you know what, fuck it, dude, go ahead, it's not my, my business, Uh, text her, do whatever you want. And, you know, five minutes later, she texts me, and she's like, you know, what the fuck, you just gave him my number, I thought, I thought we had history, I thought you liked me, I thought blah, blah, blah. And I, I acted cool because I really didn't care. And I told her, like, listen, you're your own person. You get to do whatever you want to do. You you can make your own decisions. Uh, it doesn't concern me and just and be happy, you know, just enjoy yourself. I don't I don't care. And, and that's that's when that shift happened. And and I saw that, you know, like she, she, sh- her entire mentality towards me shifted. And that's when she started liking me a lot. And talking about this right now, like, I don't know, like, I felt this way about this. I really did like this girl. You know, for a long time, she's brilliant in a lot of ways. And she had so much perspective, so many dreams, but she was very misunderstood. And she went through a lot. Very, very misunderstood person. And trying to to cover that with with just having people around her like her. And having that type of bigger than life attitude and and just more than life attitude. That's, she was more than life, and that's just just like the Arabic Marilyn Monroe, really. But yeah, she was she was texting me and texting my cousin at the same time. And the funny thing is, is that my cousin came over to my house because we have he he was staying like uh, his mom, my dad's sister. We they built their houses next to each other, so when they come for summer holidays, they live right next to us. So he was sitting next to me on the balcony, and he's like, "Dude, I look at his phone, and she's flirting with him, actually, but then texting me again, you know, saying like, what the fuck' and all of that." And I thought, you know, that was pretty impressive how you can shift your brain between two states of, of between two frames that quickly, and that's a sign of intelligence, fluid intelligence, and like she's she's a really smart girl. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, like I I do my parts of texting, and he just continues texting her, and at the end, like I I I, I was like, you know what, I want to see how this how this goes, and I text her, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, I I do I do like you, and you're you're like the you're you're <laughs> you're like the one I want, and blah blah blah, and she she admits that too. And then we meet again and you know we we sort of start hooking up and all of that. But at the same time I always kept this emotional distance between between me and her because I knew like it wasn't it wasn't gonna last. And a month into it, you know, it was like the first relationship I got into. I wasn't really good at relationships. I I let's say I, I told a lot of people or at least the, my friends that, you know, oh, like, I'm, I'm hooking up with her. I was really proud of that. Because, like, a year and a half, two years of trying to, to, a year and a half of trying to make someone that I really loved f- fall in love with me. And, like, she was in love with me, but she kept on creating this distance. It took such an effort to make this happen, you know, mentally, emotionally, you know, physically a lot of the time. And... You know, in hindsight, I, as a person, like, learned to not share that much with people, for sure. Which is something we should all learn. But then a month later, she, she invites me out for a sandwich, and she's like, Yo, um, I have to tell you something. And she tells me that for, like, last week, she was ignoring me for a week, and she tells me, like, last week that she 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 isn't this type of person and she didn't expect this from herself blah 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 but she cheated on me she was drunk at a party and uh, started making out with this other guy but once she realized what was happening she quickly stood up and left the entire party and i can i can understand on many levels why she why this happened you know i wasn't mature enough to handle that type of relationship for sure she was older than me she was mature she was Like smarter in a lot of ways, but I know that before anyone or anything That this girl really saw in me saw a lot in me and that's what I What I really appreciated about that is that she saw she saw me in a way other people didn't and that's why she she really did like me even though I was young and socially awkward and and I didn't understand too much, you know, I, was, I, was, I wasn't that socially awkward, you know, but I just still fucked up a lot with my, with my social cues, sharing information with the wrong people, uh, trying to get attention the wrong ways, all of those things. You have to do that in a very clever, clever way, I learned. And, and then she told me that, and I was, I was just like, oh shit, you know, like I, I don't have that emotional connection to you to begin with, so this doesn't really hurt me too much. I didn't tell her that. But I, w- I just asked questions, you know, I was angry, but I was, I was... I was frustrated and angry, but also very okay with it at the same time, you know. My ego got hurt because I was cheated on. But emotionally, I was really detached from this girl at that point. And it was a funny dynamic, you know, like... Uh, she wanted us to still stay together, but I I was like, no and when I tried to break up with her she broke down and cried and went to the bathroom and came back and told me that she almost fainted and she puked and all of that and I was just like how how the fuck am I supposed to break up with you if you're like this and it was like the first breakup I wanted to go through and she's like no Khalid I'll wait for you I'll uh, I'll wait for you <laughs> and I, I, I didn't really react to that too well but then I was like, no, like it's it's done. But then, like an hour later, we were at, at this bar, have at a party, and, and I see her sitting down, and I go and I sit down and I talk to her. She seemed really sad. Then I went back to my jokey usual self, and I joked with her and gave her a bit of attention. And I, I was like, you know what, we're, we're cool. You know, let's go go at this again. And and but still, after that, I still kept a lot of distance. And afterwards, uh, when she left to the UK, and, I, and then I went to Germany, it was just uh, she texted me and she's like, yeah, "Like, uh, do you still feel anything for me, really?" And I was like, "No, I don't." And she was like, "Okay, that's fine. I understand." And she she left, and uh, we haven't really talked since, which is fine by me. But it's it's nice to revisit the story. She was a wonderful person on many levels, and I didn't know how to maintain that let's say, and I didn't know how to explore that properly. I was too excited about having someone I can hook up with, that I focused on her too much physically, for sure, instead of focusing on her, her what's inside of her, you know? I could have shared a lot with her and try to explore her more. But for her, it was always a story. For her, there was always drama. There was always something going on. She had to, you know, this one time we went to a cafe together and uh, this dude working, that was working part-time at a cafe, he was a cool dude. I like him. Intelligent down to earth. And he sits there with us and he, he starts uh, talking to us. And then she goes to the bathroom a bit and then she whispers to me. And she tells me, oh Khaled, don't tell this guy that uh, you and I are dating. He likes me. And she kept it at that. But if she continued, I probably would have heard the words. And I want him to continue liking me. You know, imagine imagine hearing that from a girl you're dating. You know, don't tell these people we're dating. Don't tell these people we're dating. So she did have that issue. So why I'm telling you all of this story, you know, the background of it is, before she dated me, like two years before she dated me, there was this guy in her school, I think, or something that she also dated. I'm not gonna mention names, obviously, but this guy. Um, Like, if anything, I know this woman picks her men for intelligence, right? Or the potential that she sees in them. But at least I have to believe that for the sake of my own ego, right? Because I think that I want to be considered intelligent, right? So anyways, I'm gonna sit down. Ah, Let me see how long this episode's been. Don't wanna bore you guys to death. 54 minutes, god damn. Fuck it, Midnight Reflection. Uh, this guy. And this is like my psychoanalytical part coming up soon. I follow this guy on Instagram for for, for a long time now. And at the beginning, you know, I, I, I've seen his posts. That he's a bit eccentric, ecstatic. He tries to be larger than life, too. With a lot of what he's about, you know. it's It's like... A lot of people are like that, but with him, I felt something was a bit different. And then he started like the past two weeks, he started posting a lot of uh, texts on Instagram, things he's writing, his own story. He starts writing about his past life, how. I don't know how, how like I don't know how detailed I need to be. Fuck it, yeah, I'll be as detailed as as I need to be. He starts writing about his story on on Instagram and he talks about how he grew up in a very tough, rough life where his mom and dad were really working hard to to pay for him and his sister and family to grow up and then his dad died at a very young age and he was living a rough life and his his other family, like his uncles and all of that, didn't support him. And then he still, like, worked really hard he went to to UC Berkeley, I think that's what the university is called. It's supposed to be a good university. And then, then this is what really bothered me about his stories. Aside from the fact that he's sharing maybe too much, um, he kept on writing what, the things that he learned from life. Very similar to me, I don't share that stuff. I'm trying to write the proper book and put it out. And he, what he's doing, he's like writing notes, lines, like saying like the, these are the wisdoms that he's learned. Um, One of them would be like, uh, uh, I learned not to focus so much on women and focus on myself. I've been chasing women for too long and that affected me. Something about how... I can't really think on the top of my head a lot of what he said. But this one part was like, I'm a brilliant genius who can plan years ahead into the future and then this other one that comes along i'm a brilliant genius that can play chess like a beast i'm a brilliant genius i'm a brilliant genius i'm a brilliant i kept on just seeing this i'm a brilliant genius dialogue going on over and over and over again and that bothered me a lot you know i, I was like you can be the, the smartest person in the world you know you'll you'll still be stupid so why are you reaffirming this thought that you're a brilliant genius not only to yourself I wouldn't have a problem with you really affirming that to yourself if that keeps you going but if you have to reaffirm that to literally every single person that's in your network that's that's sort of too much I think so I sent him exactly that on Instagram I'm like dude you know I appreciate what you're writing and all of that but I'm just seeing too much of the I'm a brilliant genius dialogue and I just want to understand where you're coming from, you know, especially like where the need for you comes to try to not only affirm that to yourself, but affirm that to others, reaffirm that, that to others. And he replies with, like with this very condescending tone. Like, uh, if you're trying to judge me, I won't tell you anything, but if you're trying to understand me, then sure, be my guest. I'm like, dude, I, you know, I really don't care to judge you. I just want to understand where the, where, what the fuck you're about. <laughs> Two ducks just flew into the river. That's nice. Always liked ducks. <laughs> the first time I saw a duck was uh, really a big deal for me. Anyways, for me, like, I, I, we continued that conversation, and he explained to me, like, his story and how when he was a kid, he went through his problems and how he has ADHD, and how at the same time, Uh, Not only ADHD, he wasn't supported properly as a kid. Grades in school sucked. Uh, People didn't appreciate him enough. And how he decided to pick up chess because he saw a few of his friends play it. And two months later he won uh, the school championship in chess or something like that. And he kept on like, usually when when you talk to people there, they're not that enthusiastic about telling you, everything about their life but he, he was for some reason. I, uh, I didn't mind the perspective you know if you want to tell me your story, go for it. Uh, more input for me. And he did. and the, the issue the issue I had with, with the way he told me his story is that the way he talks to you is a way where he tries to establish that relationship very clearly. He's like, I'm talking to you. I am smarter than you. I'm more intelligent than you. You'll, I'll always be more intelligent than you. But hey, you know, I'm still a cool dude and we can be friends. But as long as we're friends, you can always be sure that I'm smarter than you, right? And he, he establishes that dynamic as soon as he can. You know, I said something and then he misunderstood what I said and he answered incorrectly. So I told him like, oh dude, I didn't mean that. I meant that. He's like, oh, no dude. Uh, the way you worded this means that you meant that, and I answered you according to the words that you used. You know, good for you, man. You know, you understand words, and words are a lot of how people interpret them. Fantastic. But I love how, you know, you you misinterpreted what I said, and you turned it out to be that I miswrote <laughs> what I said instead of you misinterpreting it. You know. And it wasn't that he was wrong, it was that I was, I was wrong and he's just kind enough to point out to me that I was wrong. And was also cool enough to still talk to me even though I was wrong. And to be like, oh dude, it's fine, you know, people make mistakes all the time and still like create that type of dynamic. And, you know, that, that sort of left me in a, in a weird place, you know, because I, I listened to him and he talked to me a lot more and he sent me more and more messages and then he sent me like five pages of his life story that I actually read through and I didn't answer him directly and he was like dude I just shared something with you like it's really personal how how can you ignore me blah 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 and I was like dude chill you know like uh, <laughs> just chill the fuck out and you know I, I'm mentioning this because I I, I, part of me was like, yo, I, I want to s- try to understand this person a bit more But at the same time, I had this very bad feeling about him I had this very bad vibe, you know, like, I, stay away from him This is not good for you um, And I think, like, I, I thought about it and I talked about it to the front. It's because, you know, sure, this guy, this guy might, might have a high IQ He might have a very high-functioning cognitive brain uh, good for him, you know, not a lot of people are born <laughs> I see, like this one duck is like chasing these other two ducks With its head, you know, it has its head pointed down and it's just going at them like ah! Is this how ducks play? <laughs> you know, it is actually, I think it's midnight It's always midnight on so Midnight Wisdom No, it's, <laughs> it's midnight, it's midnight guys um, Yeah It's always midnight on midnight wisdom So you might have this high functioning cognitive ability and good for you but I think that if you approach life with this this mental framework thinking I'm brilliant, this is how I define myself, this is my narrative All of my life so far has been this way and now this is going to mean that my life is going that way I'm going to, to, to define myself with this one quality and for some reason, just because I identified with this one quality, that means that I'm special. It really doesn't work that way. you know it It really just doesn't. Everyone thinks they're intelligent. Everyone gets really really like offended. Everyone gets really offended if you if you shoot at their intelligence or if you insult their intelligence, right? Like, I assume if he listened to this, he'll be really furious. And at the same time, I assume if he was really furious, I'd also think that maybe he's furious because a part of him knows that what I'm saying has something true about it, you know, because otherwise it wouldn't affect him this way. And I thought about it. I thought, like, imagine I had this guy as a guest on my podcast. Even though I don't want him as a guest on my podcast, I don't think he's... He has the type of heart I want on my show. But if I did have him on my show, and good perspective, you know, I, to, I wouldn't say good perspective. I'd just say different perspective in general is nice. I I would tell him exactly what I'm telling you right now. I would I wouldn't hide this, and I would tell him exactly this. You know, I think that. I think that even if you're even if you have a high IQ, I don't think you're an intelligent person. I think that just because of what you went through, you tried to create this type of defense mechanism about yourself by defining who you are to this one quality about you, which is intelligence. Even though you're human, and the first thing that you need to know is the limitations of your intelligence. And even if you might know them, flaunting and telling everyone on social media that everyone you know that you're the smartest person out there and for some reason the world needs to reward you f- just for being that intelligent is, is just not the right way to go besides the, resentments that it, the resentment that it creates from other people towards you it's not healthy for your soul man it just isn't you know imagine like every single encounter he has with anyone if you're his friend he has to put himself on a higher level than you that's a superiority complex issue that he clearly has and that's something that I really, really want to stay far as fuck away from, you know. He treats you as if you're less than him. And you feel that when you're talking to him. You know, he sent me a text and he, he told me like, Oh, you're, you're a wonderful, brilliant person. Nothing is wrong about you. Go check my Instagram page. And, and I was just like, what the fuck? Where is this coming from? And I actually, you know, go and check and it's just like he's talking about how he's writing his, his book right now, you know. And I thought that was really funny because I'm writing my book right now and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not showing anyone anything. I'm not trying to flaunt anyone anything. I'm trying to build something that's going to last and maybe he might build something better than I might build it. And I'd love to read that. But I just thought that it was funny, you know, like this guy that I'm trying to, to psychoanalyze for whatever reason is actually doing almost exactly what I'm doing. He's starting his blog next uh, in the next few weeks, and uh, and he's writing a book just like I am. You know, I already have the blog on MidnightWisdom.com, and I have my podcast, <laughs> and I have my podcast, and I have my my online courses coming up. But I just thought it was funny because you know we both dated the same girl. And look at, look at him, look at me. But then I just, I saw how he is and I'm like, I really don't need this type of energy in my life. I don't think I'll ever get anything good out of him. I'm excited to see where his narrative is going to go. You know, if he actually understands his, his faults and sees where he can, because, you know, high, high intelligence with a lot of awareness and a lot of reflection usually lead to growth, you know, and you, I don't know how he'll grow, I hope he grows beautifully, I hope everyone grows beautifully, but there's a very good chance he might not grow beautifully, you know, and that's something that also bothers me, and it really shouldn't, even just talking about this guy gives me a bad vibe, honest to God, Uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, I just want to see at some point where he's going to go, maybe, maybe he is the smartest person in the world. He probably really isn't, you know, we we all don't know shit. I just think in general it's a good assumption to start with. I'm stupid. I don't know shit. How can I do better? I think that's a much better mindset to go into anything than, Oh, I'm absolutely fucking brilliant. I'm a genius. I'm better than everyone. Bow down to me. <sighs> so, I went ahead and I deleted his number, I deleted him off of WhatsApp, and I deleted him off of Instagram, and I don't want anything to really do with him for the longest time, but I just think, like, looking at him, I think the lesson that I would take is, for me, I've always focused on my relationship with myself, and through that, my relationship with life, and I'm trying to understand that my narrative, for me, isn't so much about myself as it is about everything else as well. It's not just about me. Everything else is too and it's all a part of one thing that's that's bigger than all of us together, moving in whatever direction, right? Sometimes I meet people and I think like, I think about it from my perspective and I think what can this person bring into my life? And I look at the person and I, I see I see, I, I see it in a way that within my narrative, I think, oh, this this is about me. But once I look at the person and understand them, and then see myself interacting with them, and a lot of the times, I'll, I'll analyze people and give them my thoughts about themselves in front of them, and then, then I'll see something, you know, in their eyes, a bit of of. A bit of comprehension, something that they needed, for example, and then I realize, oh, this this was never about me. This was about them this entire time, and maybe for them running into me was something that they needed or maybe it wasn't, but why did I assume it was about me just because I was the one experiencing it? You know? And we have the tendency to think that a lot, we have the tendency to think that just because something is happening to you and you're experiencing it, it's about you. And then we have to involve ourselves and interact and all of that. And it really doesn't have to be about us. It really doesn't. And that's what I'm trying to focus on more than anything. I'm trying to focus on my ego. I'm trying to see how I'm observing myself, how I'm observing the universe, how the universe is experiencing itself through me and how can I amplify that experience that the universe is having. How can I amplify the energy that's going through me and being manifested into this world. What type of energy can I give out? You know, the energy I got from this guy was really, uh, really turned my stomach around, and it's uh, talking about him still does that. And all I want to do through my podcast, through my my words, through everything is create a, a culture, no matter how small. Or, for me, I wanted to be concentrated. I wanted to pe- be people who really believe. If you're listening this far into this, you're someone who really believes. And what, what do we want to believe in? I want us to believe in a, in a world that's full of play, a world that's full of potential. A world where without all these irrational walls that society builds, builds inside of us. and To create a culture of, of play, of being okay with vulnerability. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable so that we can actually connect properly in a world that's so disconnected to try and manifest something beautiful out of the world and align ourselves with that. But at the same time be okay with the outcomes not exactly being our way because so far I'm believing more and more that the universe is is one that might change at some point but i, I really doubt it uh, but it's still it still might doubt doubt is important uh, to feel again and to gain back control over ourselves and who knows maybe evolve consciousness just a tiny little bit tiny bit just enough to tilt things in a a. Better direction. And that energy amplifies and amplifies. You know, I remember going to Finland and talking to those ninth graders. I didn't talk about it in, in an episode yet, but I talked about it in Finnish Meet with Johannes. And I'll upload it later. But I, I saw something. We went and we saw ninth graders, and about 20, about 15 ninth graders who were 15 year, years old. And while I was talking, I saw some sparks go off in their eyes, and that felt amazing. I—it's not a feeling I've, I've had often, and it's not a feeling that I'll—that's easy to come by, you know. But I—I I saw these these sparks go off in their eyes, and I saw myself. I saw that I planted something in them, you know. I saw that I—I I put some awareness into some understanding into the situation that they're going through right now. And knowing that if that spark stays with those that I saw that spark shine in their eyes, and they just go on through their life, but I just tilted them towards a slightly better direction of trying to understand themselves. I just think that thought's beautiful. And that's just going to compound and compound and compound until who knows what's going to come out. Just from that one interaction, I'll, I'll probably never see them again. I really hope I do, but who knows what's gonna come out of that? That's what I want to try to push things towards, at least. <sighs> childlike love, childlike play, freedom, free from all these strings that are always controlling us and free to be ourselves, truly, without trying to limit ourselves for the sake of our society or culture, but to also be responsible and intelligent enough to know how to work within the structures that we're in. Maybe that's asking too much, (laughs) but I think that's it for me for tonight. It's been a long day, but it's a beautiful night. Isn't it? It's always midnight on oh, Midnight Wisdom. I really do love you guys. Whoever the fuck you are, just, just write to me. Tell me what you think about the things I'm saying. Share your story with me. Tell me about a girl that broke your heart or a guy that made you just feel bad for some reason. and Why he made you feel bad. Share your stories with me. Just like this guy shared his story with me. I didn't like how he made me feel, but I I like that I got to see that side to someone I was never close to before. Share who you are with me, I really want to connect, It's all I want. To be as vulnerable as possible in front of the eyes of the world and allow the world to be just as vulnerable with me. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's it. It's been a long day, but it's a beautiful night. Oh, no, these two, two dudes need to chill out. Scheiße auf.